What is EPAC? How is competency-based training different than time-based training? What does being accepted into EPAC entail? And how is fourth year different for those who are in the EPAC program? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Chessie, fourth year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. All right, I've got another great guest today, Chessie. Yeah. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you, Dr. Chan? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm really excited for you. So let's talk about it. Okay. Uh, it's December now, mm-hmm. but what do you start next month? So I start my first rotation of intern year at Primary Children's Hospital. As a pediatric resident. Correct. So let's talk about this program because it's definitely sped up. It's different. So what's the program you're in? Yeah. So the program is called EPAC, um, Exploring Pediatrics Across a Continuum. That's what it stands for. So it's a program sponsored by uh, the AAMC Mm -hmm. that four schools across the country are participating in. Utah is one of them, as well as Minnesota, Colorado, and UCSF. And with this program, they're looking at ways to train medical students and residents based on competency rather than time. Mm. So right now, how traditional medical school works, it's four years of medical school. You apply to the match, you get accepted to a residency, and based on that residency, it's anywhere from three to six or seven years. Um, But with this program, they're looking at different ways to assess their students to then determine when they are competent. Awesome. So, uh, Let's, let's back up. When did you first hear about this? I mean, did you come to medical right. school knowing you're going to be a pediatrician? Or? No. Okay. So t- <laughs> tell me about that process, that, how that evolved. Yeah. So I originally came to medical school thinking I liked orthopedic surgery. I had done biomedical engineering here at the U um, and really liked working with my hands, liked seeing you know devices being put into people because that's what I had worked on in my undergrad. But then when I got to medical school, I realized that it was maybe a little bit more work than I was willing to put in. Um, I really liked having a life outside of medical school, and I felt like if I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon, a lot of that would be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Um, I had always thought maybe pediatric orthopedic surgery, so then I had you know, thought about it more and thought, you know, maybe just pediatrics in general. I had done some work in the emergency room at primaries and liked that. So that's where kind of pediatrics came in. Um, I heard about EPAC during the second look day. Mm. Um, So the first year, they kind of just mentioned it, saying this is a pilot. I love our second look day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a pilot program. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not sure, you know, a lot of the details yet, but it's people interested in pediatrics can potentially be offered a residency spot here. And they talked a little bit about competencies, but we didn't really know what that meant. Um, So then in the first and second year, they had EPAC Focus and Explore, which is just providing you more opportunities to learn about pediatrics. It's an evening class, I think, a couple times a month during the first and second year of medical school. They feed you dinner, which is positive, and you just get to learn about pediatrics. Mm -hmm. We did task trainers, so you learn how to do LPs, lumbar punctures um, on mannequins. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, spinal taps on mannequins. I'll go very layman's terms there. Yeah, Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just a good experience. And then at the end of those two years, you apply to the residency program here at Utah, so at Primary Children's. Um, we found out we were, my classmate and I found out we were accepted in our, I think, second rotation of third oh, okay. year. So I thought you found out during second year, but you didn't find out to the beginning of third year. So now it's but switched again, to second. You're the guinea pig group, right? Correct. You're the first cohort. Correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, so we're the first cohort, so mm-hmm. applications were a little bit later. Mm-hmm. We didn't apply until the end of our People second year. People were working on the process. Getting Correct. The, getting the kinks worked out. Right, yeah, exactly, right. Mm-hmm. exactly. Getting their stuff together. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So then we found out. And from that point on, um, we were considered guaranteed a spot in the residency program, did not have to apply to the match if we chose to accept this spot. And you still had to take step one. But yep. there, and aside from passing, there was no minimum score you had to Correct. Check. Okay. All Correct. Right. We had did, all t- did it help with the pressure with that on step one or no? Um, I think it was a different kind of pressure. I didn't feel a pressure to get a certain score. I had a range that I wanted to be in for my own self. Um, But I felt a lot of pressure to just pass, which I think everyone feels. But it was almost like if I don't pass, then I can't get into this program. And then based on my score, that may change my options for the future as well. Um, So we found out we were accepted. And then from then on, our medical school is still basically the same as all of our classmates. Yeah, yeah. what changed after – I mean, what changed during your third and fourth year? Yeah. I guess once you're in the EPAC program. Right. Third year, we did all of the same rotations that our classmates did. We took all of the shelf exams, had all of the same grading tools that they used except for our extra EPAC assessments. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically the same third year except that there was a little less pressure on us, I feel like, to um, perform – for the sake of grades um, and getting letters of recommendation, whereas I was performing more to learn how to be a good physician and trying to pull things that I learned from each of the different rotations that I could use in my intern year and residency and beyond. So what would these extra assessments look like? I mean, was it a a formal test, like a paper-pencil test, or Mm -hmm. was it like a verbal kind of exchange, or or would they go in and watch you interview and examine a patient? I mean, what would that look like? Kind of a combination of all. So we had um, tests that we did. I think we took three tests throughout the third and fourth year looking at our evidence-based medicine skills, so Mm -hmm. whether you know how to use statistics and analyze them, um, whether you can problem-solve given a, you know, written scenario that you were given. So that was a written test. Then we had assessments that are similar to the third-year assessments, um, where it's looking at history and physical skills, medical decision-making, treatment, how you talk with families, patient counseling. Um, And then there was in-face verbal feedback. Every three months we had the CCC, which is um, similar to the residency meetings that they have with their residents, looking at your performance over three months and showing you where your strengths were, where some of your weaknesses were, how you can improve. And these are the competencies you mentioned. I guess people sometimes hear that word. I mean, what does competencies mean within EPAC? Right. So for EPAC, they specifically have 13 EPAs, Entrustable Professional Activities. Okay. Um, that they assess, which include taking a history, doing a physical, um, writing a note, your assessment and plan, um, informed consent, looking at lab tests, whether you can determine which tests to run and how to interpret those tests, Mm -hmm. talking with families, being a team member. So really, it's the core things that they feel make a good physician is what they were looking at in our third and fourth year assessments for EPAC. Excellent, excellent. And so going going through third year... um, and have I mean, did they try to make more pediatric experiences for you? I mean, I know, like for example, uh, uh, like in psychiatry, there's a child and adolescent part. I mean, right. were you able to kind of do that track, or do you, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like like where there were opportunities. Uh, like the Well Baby Nursery or an OB guy. I mean, right. Were you able to kind of carve out more time to work with little kids? I'm, I'm just curious how that worked. Right. So. Yeah. So on certain rotations, they do have experiences that they would like the EPAC students to get. So, for okay. example, on psychiatry, I was half time at uni to work mm-hmm. with the kids there. And then the other half, I was at Five West. So the okay. adult unit. Um on OB-GYN, there weren't any opportunities that they had for surgery. I was able to do a two-week pediatric clerkship. Cool. So instead of doing the community-based um, clerkship that students do for two weeks, we were here at, 
at Primary Children's um, with a pediatric surgeon, which mm-hmm. was a really great experience. And the surgeon re- really liked having us because they said they feel like residents sometimes don't have a full grasp of what the surgeons do. So it's hard for them to take care of surgical patients sometimes okay. um, when they haven't been in the operating room. So I thought that was a really good perspective to gain as a third year. And when you initially applied and joined the program, did you know that you would be graduating December of your fourth year? No. Okay. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so how did that come out? Right. Okay. So since it's all based on your competency, it's kind of very nebulous and flexible. Um, like I said, we would meet every three months for my CCC to then talk about my performance, and they would tell me, you know, this is where you're at. You're a couple – Um, levels below where we would expect you to be to move on, but that's normal. This is where we expect you to be. Or they would say, we don't have enough assessments for you in this area to stay where you're at yet. So try to get more in that area to kind of help guide where my assessments were. And then um, once things started getting better and my assessments started improving, they kind of started estimating when they thought both my classmate and I would be done. And we happened to be finished at the same time, which is December. Okay. So it could, I mean, does it just happen to line up with semesters? Could you have been done in October or right. January? Or it was just one of those things? I mean, I guess I guess the way the academic system is set up, it would have to end near a semester. So not necessarily. Okay. Um, for us, it ended on the semester just because mm. that's what worked for us. If we were ready to transition earlier, say September, October, that mm. could have happened. Um, but with the requirements we have in fourth year here at our medical school, mm. that was more difficult. At other schools, for example, at Minnesota, they have had students transition from August all the way up until now. Wow. So kind of every other month they have four students total so every other month they had a student transitioning or if you were to transition after this semester break in december you could transition in march april um, anytime up until that july date so what have you done during your fourth year how's your Mm -hmm. i mean i guess my question was how is your fourth year different i mean you don't Mm -hmm. have any other fourth years to compare it to but i mean compared to your classmates how do you feel your fourth year has been different yeah so classes wise we still have all of the same required classes that our classmates have um, as well as we have the same number of electives that we have to do. So my classmate and I have done the required courses as well as the 20 electives in fourth year all within six months. Um, I feel like sometimes we get a bad rap that EPAC's the easy way Mm -hmm. into residency, but it's not necessarily easy because we still did all of the same requirements. Um, Other than that, we don't go on interviews since we're already accepted. Mm -hmm. So we had a little, I feel like I had a little more free time than my classmates for at least this semester. Um, So I've had the last month off from Mm -hmm. rotations, which has been a nice break. Um, but other than that, it's basically the same. Okay. Okay. So here's my existential question. So um, when I went through med school, and I think a lot of people are in my boat, but maybe not. I don't know. Like times are changing. That's why I'm doing the podcast. When I went through medical school, I kind of had a rough idea of what I wanted to do, but I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. But third year really kind of crystallized things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the purpose of third year, it exposes you to different, different fields, different physicians, different kind of work lifestyles, that kind of thing. Right. So – you know, my question is, uh, as you went through, did you start to waver? Do you see what I'm saying? Because like, it right. sounds like you were picked very beginning of third year. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're doing surgery and OB-GYN and psychiatry and trauma. Like, like, like how, how did that work? I mean, like, did, like, did you waver? Did that come into your, your mind at all? So I think I wasn't worried about wavering, but I knew that I would just go into each rotation with an open mind and try to learn as much as I could from it. Um, Oftentimes I found myself thinking, this is the last time you're going to do this. So even if you're not having a fun time, try to enjoy it and learn as much as you can. 
Um, you know, when you're on nights on OB and it's a long night and you haven't done much, you have to remember this is the only time I'm going to deliver babies in my life. So mm-hmm. you try to get the most out of it that you can. Um, I personally didn't waver. The only time that I thought, how could I get to this career path was when I was doing child psych. Um, I really enjoyed the kids. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the people I was working with at uni. Jesse, that's why I'm having you on. I'm here to convince <laughs> you to do child psych. That's my ultimate goal. <laughs> and I looked into ways to get there through pediatrics, which there is now considered a fellowship that ends up getting you yep. triple boarded. Yep. Um, a lot of a lot of gymnastics to get that pulled off. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. And so I had looked into that when I was on psychiatry, which was my last rotation of third mm-hmm. year. Um, but then I saw that you would still need the adult psych training. And after I did my adult rotation, I wasn't as in love with the adult side of things as the kids. So mm-hmm. then I thought about it more and I was like, maybe I just really do like kids. And mm-hmm. that's where that had come from. Okay. And that was the only other real rotation I had worked with kids on. But EPAC. It does have an off ramp, right? If someone changes mm-hmm. their mind, like so, how does that work? I, um, yeah. Do you, how do you notify? I mean, is there an official mechanism? Or, right. Or, okay. So we were told when we were accepted that you have until September fifteenth of two thousand seventeen, or just sixteen, okay. to drop. Okay. Um, so at the very end of your third year. At the very end of your third year, that's yeah. actually the day that the ERAS application opens. Mm. Um, so if you were to drop, they wanted you to drop before that date, so you have time to then prepare your ERAS for whatever other. So did Specialty. you still have to fill out an ERAS application? No. Oh, okay. We right. did not. Okay. But if you were to switch, they would want to give you the time oh, to I complete see. that. I see. Okay. Um, so we actually had one of our classmates that was initially accepted um, decide to switch to a different specialty. And from my understanding, it was pretty simple. She just emailed our administration mm-hmm. and said, I've really enjoyed my time here, um, but I think this is where I want to go. And they were very accepting. They said this is the purpose of the program to mm-hmm. give you experience to pediatrics, and if you change your mind, that's totally fine. Okay. Um, it worked out great for her, and I'm glad that she found what she loves to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there was three of you. Correct. Now you're down to two. Now we're down to two. I think the program now is four, right? Isn't the ultimate goal four? Yeah, up to four Mm -hmm. is what the goal is. And so the year below us, the second cohort has four students total right now. And they're going through their third year. So we'll see if any of them decide to switch at the end. How'd that feel knowing that one out of the three of you left? I mean, did that put more pressure on you or did you feel... Um, I I get the sense you didn't waver at all, but I mean, that's not a good sign. Right. It's not a good feeling, I guess. Right. Um, I think... I was surprised because this person had loved pediatrics. She had come to medical school to be a pediatrician. Um, but then again, I was really happy for her that she found something that she enjoyed and still incorporated children. She wants to do family medicine. So she found the best of both worlds. I think that worked for her. Um, other than that, I didn't feel any hard feelings. Okay. Um, I felt like it didn't change my course in the program at all, um, and definitely not any more pressure. I feel like the physicians that we work with through EPAC are all very open and honest with us and just there for us and really supportive. So they asked us if there was anything they could do for us when that had happened, and we kind of said, no, we're just happy she found what she loved. Yeah, good. So you graduate this month. When's your mm-hmm. official graduation date? Official graduation date is December 16th. And I guess it will appear like that on your transcript. Correct. Any ceremony you're getting? Yeah, so we are not having a ceremony oh, this okay. semester. Um, yeah. Just because with health sciences, there's not many students that graduate um, in between the usual time frames of a year. Do you still get to walk with everyone in May? Correct. All right, we'll be walking in May. Okay, with the rest of the school of medicine, yep. the health sciences. Yep. Okay. And okay. then our chief residents have already figured out time off for us for that as well as for a match ceremony since we didn't have a match ceremony for the EPAC cohort. When's your first day? My first day is January 9th. And what do you start with? I will be starting on the Anderson team, which is the infant ward team at Primary Children's. Okay. And how are your emotions right now? 
I'm excited and nervous. Okay. Um, it's kind of scary to me that people are going to be calling me doctor soon, and I don't know how I feel about that yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, of course, I'm excited to be in a hospital with people that I love working with. Everyone's been so supportive in my fourth year rotations. All of the interns know myself and my classmate, and they always ask us, are you starting? Are you a resident now? When they see us on rotations. So I feel like everyone's been really open and warm, and I'm really excited to be with them finally as a resident. That's awesome. So it doesn't sound like they're going to ease you in. You're just going to be right in the middle of the rotations with everyone else. Yeah, right? correct. Okay. The chief residents knew that we would be coming in halfway through the traditional intern year, mm-hmm. um, so they tried to make our schedules a little more easy at the beginning and then uh, heavier towards the end. Mm -hmm. So I start with Anderson team, and then I'm in the emergency department. Then I have um, two weeks of advocacy and two weeks of nights um, before some of the harder rotations towards the end, like pick you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving forward, so pediatric residency is three years. Correct. So technically you could graduate residency in December, January, in three years. Right or, or yeah, help, help fill this in for me. Right, like what would you? Like, I don't like what would you do with those right. intervening months in case you want to do a fellowship or want to work. I mean, what, what does that look like? So. Yeah, so this is also in flux, much okay. as when do you graduate medical school was. So mm-hmm. with the EPAC program, residency is also competency based. Okay, so we will be doing similar assessments, not as many as we had done in medical school, but similar in throughout residency, so they can assess our competency um, with actually the pediatric EPAs that have been recently released. Um, So they're not sure what that would look like yet. I envision it being about three years, um, but they have said, you know, depending on how your training is going, you could potentially graduate earlier. So you may graduate on time with the traditional interns that we're starting with. Mm -hmm. Um, So in July of that last year, or you may graduate sometime in between, and then we'll just kind of see how it goes. They've talked about working with fellowships to see if they'd be willing to accept someone on in an off season, which they have said has happened. But I think we're all just along for the ride mm-hmm. and willing to be flexible at this point. Awesome, awesome. Let's see a few more questions I had. Jess, you're doing a great job. Um, the trifecta. You went to undergrad here. Yep. You went to med school here. Yep. And you'll be staying here for residency. Correct. Thoughts about that? You must love Salt Lake City. You must I love do. Utah. Okay. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm originally from Idaho. Mm-hmm. Go Idaho. Uh, yeah. yeah. What part of Idaho? Boise. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know. I knew I didn't want to be in Idaho for college, but I wanted to be close since I had a younger sister who was only two at the time that I was leaving for college. Um, So came to Utah, loved it out here, loved all the outdoors activities, Um, had actually applied to med school a year before I was accepted and Mm -hmm. didn't get in. Um, But then the next year had decided I want to stay in Utah. So I actually only applied here at that point. I didn't know that. Yeah. We, what, what's the term we call that? That's like suicide. Suicide, suicide yeah. applying. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> not. I don't recommend that. I wouldn't either. <laughs> I general. tell no one yeah. to do that. Okay. Um, but I was willing to not get in that year and take another year sure. to then apply. So that's the reason why I did that. Okay. Um, yeah, I love Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Love the people here that I've worked with. And you can't get any better than just walking outside the back door of the hospital and being on a trail mm-hmm. to run. So I felt like it. it's a great place for me. Um, personally, with my boyfriend working here, it was going to be difficult if we were to leave. So mm-hmm. EPAC was the perfect program to just continue to stay here and build my love relationship with Utah. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll, you'll probably practice here. I mean, uh, statistics have shown uh, where physicians do their residency program, it's like 70% right. likely that they would like practice within like a 100-mile radius right. of that location. So. Yeah. And uh, – Idaho does not have a pediatric residency. Perhaps they will one right. day. And mm-hmm. uh, I can't think of anyone better to be in charge of that. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk, briefly talk about admissions. So, yeah, you yeah. mentioned you didn't get in the first year. Right. Um, what, what advice do you give to people out there? I mean, what, what happened? How did you, you 
how did you manage that? How did you make your application stronger? What's right. the advice you would give to people? Yeah, so I had applied my senior year of college to go straight into medical school. Um, and then when I didn't get in, I was devastated, um, but quickly Sorry. kind of, it's okay, <laughs> quickly pulled myself back I, up. I, I'm glad a relationship has reached <laughs> No personal okay. feelings against yeah. that. Um, qu- quickly picked myself back up and met with the um, Office of Professionalism to then review my application. So mm-hmm. they kind of, I think, talked, they coordinate with you guys and get some this information. The office? Yeah. Okay, off, uh, I'm in campus. Yeah, okay, right. yeah. so they um, coordinated with the admissions office mm-hmm. and gave me some tips that I could work on that they said, this is what they liked about you. This is where they felt you were lacking. And then some suggestions of what to do. So for me, it was being a more well-rounded applicant. A lot of my experiences were in orthopedics, pediatrics, or emergency medicine. Starting to, yeah, starting to ring a bell. Yeah. 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 And so they just wanted to see more experiences outside of my comfort zone. So for me, since I had a year off, I worked in a research lab that I had been doing research with. So I got a full-time job doing that. And then when I wasn't there, I was volunteering at the Malihe Clinic as well as at the VA. Um, so just gaining more experience with, you know, low income, low resource populations, as well as the veteran population, which I did not have any experience with mm-hmm. in undergraduate. Um, and then I also got much more involved with Camp Hawkins, which is a heart camp for kids with mm-hmm. congenital heart disease and their siblings in the summertime. So kind of just finding things that I loved and being able to contribute more time to that, mm-hmm. I think really helped me grow as a person and mature a bit. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I'm so glad to have that year off. Yeah. I mean, this is my next question. I mm-hmm. mean, I, there's, I don't know. You've, I mean, you're a fourth year now. You're, you're, you're essentially a resident <laughs> next month. Right. I mean, like it, it is a long journey. It mm-hmm. is a long slog at times. And sometimes when I think back to my own career, like, oh, I wish I had taken more time off, you know, mm-hmm. like, because I just feel once you're kind of on the track, once you're in the machine, it's really hard to get out of the machine. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, that was my next question. Do you, do, are you thankful for that year off? Or are you grateful for it, I guess? Right. Looking back, I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. It gave me time to recharge. I think I would have been much more burned out throughout medical school, even just starting, mm-hmm. than if I would have had the year off. And I wouldn't have had the opportunity to apply to EPAC if mm-hmm. I would have gotten in that that's first true. year. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think about that a lot. And, you know, I think... It probably was fate that okay. it happened this way for me. Okay. Um, so I think I grew a lot as a person in that year. Mm-hmm. And then luckily the EPAC program had come out at that time. So I was fortunate enough to be able to apply to that and be accepted. Well, excellent. All right. Got time for a couple more questions. Okay. Uh, medical school, looking back, mm-hmm. biggest surprise. You know, everyone has a notion oh. or kind of idea like, oh, med school is going to be blank. And then they get here. And then, right. And then you're at the very end of the med school journey part. I mean, yeah. looking back, what's the biggest surprise? What caught you off guard? Yeah, I think this is really cliche, but everyone says it's going to be hard, Mm -hmm. and it's so much harder than you can ever imagine. Mm -hmm. In a good way, though. Um, You're physically tired, you're emotionally tired, um, but it's what what you want to do. It's what you've spent most of your life at this point working towards. So I think just the appreciation of how hard you've worked and looking back now, you know, we all have worked very hard. And it's amazing to think about how you were as a first year and now how you are as a a fourth year. Um, just the, how much you've grown in that short amount of time and all of the people that have helped you. Um, so that's probably my biggest surprise was just the actual amount of work that it was, even though you're always told it's going to be difficult. Okay. And the best memory of your medical school? Oh, man, the best memory. I mean, or you can do, like, top top memory. You know? Yeah. Like, like, when you think back to med school, what's, like, an image? I mean, like, something that just, you know, fills you with warmth and a little bit of nostalgia. I mean, what's what's been memorable? I think my most memorable moment was when I was in the operating room during OB-GYN. 
and I had worked with this physician a few times. We were doing a C-section, and he allowed me to be the first assist. So normally it's the physician. Yeah, you're what attend- does that mean? Yeah. So normally your attending is the first assist, and they let their resident kind of be the lead on the um, surgery so that they get more experience, and then the attending's there for any help. So, again, correct me if I'm wrong, that means actual cutting, correct. suturing, and correct. usually medical students, when they're in the OR, they're holding retractors right. and doing tasks which are important but are not as how should i say fun correct (laughs) correct yes so he allowed me to be first assist and stand across the table from the resident who was leading the surgery Mm. while he kind of stood in the background and observed us um so at that point he actually let me be the one to deliver the baby through the incision which was a i thought it was amazing um seeing that and actually doing it are two different things. And then at that point when I was holding the baby and handing it off to the pediatric residents to do the resuscitation, I just remember thinking I wanted to follow the baby so badly. Yeah, Um, Yeah, that's the weird thing about OB-GYN delivery, L&D, labor and delivery, that that's how you know if your soul is a pediatrician. You want to follow the baby. (laughs) The baby gets whisked away in that little cart. Right. You know, they do their thing. Right, and that's what happened to me. I wanted to follow the baby and I realized at that moment, like, yes, pediatrics is definitely for me. So both the experience of being able to be involved in that woman's care so closely as well as realizing that pediatrics was for me it was just a really memorable time. Well, I'm excited for you, Chessie. I'm really excited for you. I'm excited that I will see you next year and call you Dr. Nichols and just say <laughs> I wave to you and, oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm, I, congratulations on graduating. Thank you. Congratulations on fulfilling your dream. Thank so, you so much. I'll have to have you come back in, you know, maybe a year or so. Yeah. After you have, like, that first intern year under your belt. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm pretty sure they're going to be, like, monitoring your progress and how you do. Right. Because I know other medical schools are looking at this model, the mm-hmm. tech model, and I think other disciplines. I mean, right. the question is, like, does, I, I like how you said it. Does medical school need to be four years long? I mean, right. Could you do it in three and a half or three years? I love, like, the competency-based idea. So Yeah. yeah. Exciting times. Exciting times. Definitely. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Dr. Chan. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.